From the Political Science Department at UW-Madison, I'm Josh Messner. One of my favorite things about teaching at UW is uh, every morning walking up Bascom Hill to North Hall. There was also something about this department that was really wonderful. I felt like I was joining a place where the kind of work that I did would be valued and respected. People were pleasant and thoughtful and really intellectually engaged. In those instances, I'm always reading from the Badgers. This, 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 this is 1050 Bascom. We're very privileged and grateful to have Professor Nina Nermilla on the podcast today. Uh, Professor Nermilla is a professor of gender and Islamic studies at the State Islamic University, Bundong in Indonesia. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you are our first guest outside of the political science department. And we're thrilled to have you all the way from Indonesia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. So you're the author of a book, Women, Islam, and Everyday Life, Renegotiating Polygamy in Indonesia. And you've written extensively on gender and Islam in national and international journals. I know you are here as part of a delegation from Indonesia and spoke this afternoon at the Center of Southeast Asia Studies here on campus. I thought we could start with a question about your trip to University of Wisconsin uh, this week. I know you've been working with our own Professor Unsuk Jung. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the purpose of your trip? Yes, actually, uh, one of the purpose of our going here uh, to uh, University of Wisconsin is to uh, build our university with this university collaboration, educational collaboration, okay. like the possibility of uh, sending our lectures to continue the PhD studies or the professor who need to spend some time to have a quality time of reading mm. and writing for the publications or for the short-term visit. Uh, by having a memorandum of understanding, uh, it might be easier for us mm -hmm. uh, to do such a, such kind of things, uh, academic uh, life for our lectures. Gotcha. And is this a newer thing or has this been in the process for a while now, this connection between us and Indo this Indonesian university? Uh, for the University of Wisconsin, this is uh, very new, the mm -hmm. first time. This is my first time uh, to visit University of Wisconsin, and I'm very delighted uh, when in the morning, the first day I was here, it was sunny day, yeah. beautiful day, <laughs> so we are very lucky to be here because I know that uh, the other side of uh, America, like New York, it's a storm. Yeah, God, I think snowing. they're getting snow out there. Yep. So this is your first time to University of Wisconsin-Madison, yes. right? First impressions of, let's say, walking up Bascom Hill almost every day. It sounds like you are just going across campus all the time, going to meetings. Yes, I gave a speech about a gender discourse in Indonesia, uh, about the variety of feminism, how they responded to the different issues like women's leadership, uh, and then there are discourses on women in Islam like polygamy, inheritance, uh, that's what I was talking about. And the people asked me a question about the judicial review of the penal code or in which uh, illicit uh, sexual relationship outside marriage want to be uh, criminalized by the Islamist mm. groups, but Komnas Perempuan, uh, the uh, national secular institutions, uh, is worried that this will criminalize uh, the poor women, uh, the marginalized people. So, uh, I ex explained about the struggles of Komnas Perempuan uh, in dealing with the Islamist group push for. Uh, criminalizing mm. illicit sexual uh, sexual relationship outside marriage. We disagree with illicit sexual relationship 
uh, outside marriage but uh, we disagree also with the criminalizing uh, mm-hmm. them so mm-hmm. because there will be so many poor women being victims of that because they cannot afford to have marriage certificate because they don't have money or for the minority religious groups for them it is difficult to get like id card and then to have marriage certificate they have to have id card so if this uh, bill is being enacted or approved so there will be like about 2 million women being victims and sent to jail wow because of uh, this proposal So it looks like you got your first university degree in 1992 in Indonesia from IAIN Bandung. Yep. Um, what did you study? Have you always been interested in studying gender and Islam? Actually, I didn't know about gender and Islam and I wasn't interested yet about gender and Islam until I did my master in 1995. My first degree at IAIN Bandung was on Islamic education mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything about gender yet. until 1995. In 1995, I had a first gender training, but actually I didn't know and I didn't understand what is the purpose of gender <laughs> training. Yeah. Uh, but I uh, learned extensively during my master degrees. Uh, and actually, uh, when I went to uh, Australia to do my master, mm-hmm. I was wondering what should I do? I had the scholarship, but I didn't know what to study yet and then I uh, saw my senior uh, the previews of my uh, college who went abroad they took women's studies so okay I think that's the easiest way to study <laughs> women's studies and the women's studies at that time was in the development studies so I studied development studies uh, at Murdoch University for my masters in which I learned about gender mm-hmm. and actually Before I went to Australia, I attended the lecture by the feminist, Muslim feminist Rifat Hassan. At that time, Rifat Hassan said her argument that in Islam, men and women are equal. I rejected that argument. Okay. So after her lecture, I raised my hand, mm-hmm. I asked her, challenge her how could you say that in islam men and women are equal while the quran says mm-hmm. people often interpreted this verse say to, to be that men are the leader of women because men are more superior than women and because men provide for the family so in my opinion her islam is not my islam mm. i have been a cultured and uh, being brought up in the family who believe that women has lower position than men. Mm-hmm. So when someone says that in Islam, men and women are equal, of course I disagree with that argument, <laughs> believing that I'm right, she is wrong. So when Rifat Hassan answered my question, at that time I was there physically, but actually my thinking was very busy uh, resisting her argument Mm -hmm. again I only thought that you are wrong I am right Mm. but then when I flew to Australia I had a question in my mind was my Islam right and whether Rifat Hassan arguments correct or not did Islam subordinate women so I have that in my mind when I went to Australia 
And uh, when I was in Australia, the first year was bridging program. I didn't go to master degree, master studies right away, but I was in a graduate diploma as a bridging to master degree. So in that level, I sometimes have a class with undergraduate students. And sometimes undergraduate students talk loudly and sometimes <laughs> didn't put any respect for other people who are non-white. And then one day I heard Uh, someone say like that. How could you, educated woman like you, want to be a Muslim who allows a man to have more than one wife? And then uh, she says a bad thing about Islam. And then this increased my curiosity about the teaching of Islam, how I deal with this kind of accusation, how about my socialization in my family, huh. uh, who put women in the lower position, So in the last semester, I asked uh, my course coordinator that I want to do my independent study. So I did one independent study course about women's dilemma of dual roles in which during the summer I read a book uh, written by feminist uh, Muslim, Muslim feminists such as Rifat Hassan mm-hmm. and then Amina Wadud, Aziza Al-Hibri, Fatima Mernisi, Nawal Sadawi, and I enjoy reading their books and I put it in my writings, my projects and that's answer my question that yes I agree with uh, Rifat Hassan argument that men and women are equal but the Quran has been interpreted using patriarchal lens and therefore it is the patriarchal view which is internalized in many Muslim societies. And in order to achieve gender justice, we need to reinterpret the Quran from the perspective of equal gender relations. And that's what I'm doing right now, Mm -hmm. socializing to my students on how to read the Quran, being just to both men and women. Gotcha, gotcha. When I uh, uh, returned home, I went to my parents' home and then I explained what I read. And then my father said, you are crazy. (laughs) <laughs> and my mother said, you are not a good wife. Because in our society, as a wife, we need to serve the husband. Like, for example, in the morning, we need to serve a drink. And then when we uh, when our husband eat, we need to just sit, serve him. And I didn't do that. So that's why my mother said, you are not a good wife. And my father said, you are a crazy. <laughs> uh, but I just keep talking about what I learned. So... I come back to Bandung. My parents is uh, in the city, small city called Kuningan. It is about four hours drive to Bandung. So I uh, return back to Bandung to start my teaching. And then in the next holiday, I went back home to my parents' house to visit. And it was changing. Mm -hmm. My father doesn't usually go to the kitchen. Uh, after that, he went to the kitchen. He served himself. Wow, okay. I mean, taking a drink, and he doesn't mind to cook his own food when he is hungry. Not want to disturb, for example, my mom's sleep when she is sleeping. So there was a changing mm-hmm. because we we continue explaining, and my father actually is very happy because uh, with this kind of feminism, that's make uh, her daughters powerful, mm-hmm. equal to the husband. And uh, my father seemed to be able to see injustice mm-hmm. when there is no cooperation between husband and wife to help each other not to have a flexible roles. Because he has uh, six children, 
five are women. Okay. Yeah, and now the four, the five women are the four powerful daughters. They all work for the family, and mostly has higher income than their mm-hmm. husband. After you received your doctorate from the University of Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, you had a bunch of teaching and researching positions in Philadelphia, in Sydney, California, Amsterdam, many prestigious positions, might I add. What led you back to Indonesia, where you teach in Bandung, in the State Islamic University today? First, because the position was temporary, so I need to go back uh, before that uh, term. I want to live in dignity and respect, <laughs> not to live illegally in other people's country. <laughs> And second, I am a civil servant, so I have a work permanent position okay. in my country. That's why I have to uh, come back to my country. But actually, I'm uh, very flexible in wherever I live. Any, I can be anywhere which allow me to read, write, and be beneficial mm. for others. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I dream of having to live surrounded by books, reading, writing, yeah. producing knowledge <laughs> to enlighten others. I hope. I have that opportunity. That's why, I, no, I am, other than lecture, I am uh, one of the commissioner of Komnas Perempuan, the National Commission of Anti-Violence Against Women. Okay. That's the five years term and it will end by next year. After that, I will concentrate more on my academic life. Mm. At the moment, I combine my academic uh, life and activism. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Great. So in reading your work and work about feminism more generally in Muslim predominant countries, I understand there are differences between secular feminists, Muslim feminists, and Islamist feminists. Okay, yeah. I actually explained that in my lecture today about the difference between secular Muslim and Islamist feminists. So secular feminists is the people who use national and international laws uh, in order to argue and support gender equality. They can be Muslims or non-Muslims, and they work together using constitution or CEDO as basis for the argument for gender equality. While Muslim feminists uh, use Quran and Hadith, mm-hmm. uh, the source of Islamic tradition, to support gender equality. Because, like as, as I said before, that as a Muslim, I believe that God is just, and uh, the uh, holy book must reveal and support justice. So if this book or the verses in the Quran has been used to justify women's subordination or injustice against women, that's not the fault of the holy book. But the way people read need to be re-examined in order uh, the Quran can be read to support justice. And Islamist feminists, uh, usually there's uh, the people uh, who are active in public life and read uh, tend to read the Quran literally. So they believe also in complementary roles between men and women in which men are the leaders of the family and women are housewives, even though they are active uh, in public life. Actually, they don't want to be called feminists hmm. because... They are against the Western ideas. Ah. Yeah, yeah. But they actually do not realize that they enjoy the fruit <laughs> of feminism of women can be active in do the outside domestic spheres. Do they use a different term or is it they since just it sounds want to be, similar? Say women activists. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, not being labeled as feminist. But for the sake of my categorization of feminism, mm-hmm. so I included Islamists. Islamists is a person who read the holy books literally. Mm. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Of these three different divisions of secular Muslim and Islamist feminists, is there a Venn diagram where they all have overlapping circles? Where do they find common ground? Well, the common thing about the three types of feminists, all the these feminists are active in public life. Mm-hmm. But the difference uh, is that with Islamist and Muslim feminists, for example, Islamists believe in complementary roles of men and women. So they don't understand Don't, they don't accept gender terms, they don't understand uh, gender, so they believe that men are the leaders of the family, while women should be housewife. Even though the women have active roles in outside the house, uh, she's still the housewife mm-hmm. who needs to serve the husband. While in Muslim feminists, there is a f- more flexibility of roles. Okay. Either men or women can be the leader of the family as long as they have qualification. The qualification of leadership is stated in the Quranic verse uh, Anisa women uh, verse 34 that in order to be leader the person should have superiority over the spouse the indicator of the superiority it can be like higher level of education and income but uh, that requirement is not enough there is another requirement stated in the Quran uh, verse Anisa or women uh, uh, 34 uh, the second one is that the person should provide for the family so Only the person who fulfills these two requirements, having superior in terms of income and education and giving or provide for the family, who can be the leader of the family, this can be either male or female. So mm-hmm. in Muslim feminism, there is a flexibility of roles, gotcha. not based on sex, but based on capability. Mm-hmm. While Islamists want to have the roles based on sex. Secular and Muslim feminists work together closely vis-a-vis uh, the Islamist feminists. Hmm. So in your article, uh, you argue that prior to the 1990s in Indonesia, patriarchal views and practice such as polygamy, unequal access to divorce, the husband's authority to take over his wife made life difficult for many women and even girls of all ages. Can you tell us about what forces were at work in Indonesia that led to those changes in attitude and even laws that gave girls and women more power over their own lives? You cite the influence of non-Indonesian Muslim feminism influences in Indonesia. Where did some of those influences come from? How important were those influences? Yeah, I can see internal and external uh, influences. Internally, The Suharto government, which began in 1966, he set up like educational facilities beginning 1970s. So okay. education for women is better since that time. So parents has changing attitude toward marriage uh, by sending their girls to have higher education. Yeah, because education can give more benefits rather than marrying of women in a uh, early age like that. So there has been uh, changing since the 1970s because of better facilities of education. So in 19, beginning 1990s, women who have already started their education in the 1970s has already been educated. Mm. Like I myself, uh, I was born uh, late 1960s and took advantage of the Suharto government's for uh, providing the uh, educational uh, facilities. So I had my first degree, undergraduate degree in 1992. So 
uh, women who have started education in 1970s in 1990s they have been very educated mm-hmm. yeah and some of them like myself continued until doctoral level so that's internal voices that women have better education and externally there has been changing uh, internationally in terms of uh, the the approach of the development was changing from with women in development in 1970s women and development in the 1980s and then gender and development in the 1990s so gotcha. there has been the internalization of gender internationally and i mentioned in terms of muslim feminism uh, there has been many muslim feminist works translated into indonesian language in 1992 so feminist influence educated women that makes them more critical of the issues such as the issue of polygamy women's leaderships and then inheritance witness yeah and i can see the difference between the women's activists prior to the 1970s and after the 1990s for example when uh, the women were struggling to have marriage law to be enacted by 1974 actually the women activists in muslim mass organizations like aisha uh, and then muslimat from nu they cannot disagree with the men so they position themselves in japanese language is concho winking so a friend of men but a little bit at the back hmm. so they they are afraid of confronting men's opinion so whatever we men thinks they support and agree they cannot challenge that view it is different from the muslim feminists after the 1990s after having been influenced by Uh, Muslim feminists such as Amina Wadud, Asghar Ali Engineer, uh, Fatima Mernisi, they argue cre- uh, against the male view and they are very critical because they are educated so they can show their disagreement to polygamous marriage and uh, try to promote the interpretation of the Quran from equal gender perspective loudly, confidently and claim that I am fully human being and I have the right to read the Quran like you do man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the difference. Yeah. Education internally and then international forces, yeah. Okay. So do you notice that sometimes western feminists say those that are in the United States feel that they understand what is going on in Indonesia in terms of their feminist struggle and unknowingly assume that they already feel like it's similar or don't understand why it's not working for you when it's working for them yeah so i'd just like to get your take on that yeah i think uh, feminism is global it is local and global yeah i see similarities uh, between feminism in the west and in indonesia and in all over the world in uh, they struggle for justice and equality between men and women but uh, i think we can because we have different contexts so our struggle for gender equality can be different from one place to another so we cannot generalize what a feminist in here is struggling 
is applies to our country. Yeah. So I I realize the differences, but I disagree with the assumption of like, for example, Western feminist view that Muslim feminists tend to be subordinated, etc., etc. So I disagree with that. People realize it or not, in most society, other than having patriarchal system, they also have misogynistic attitude, <laughs> hatred toward women. Yeah, this hatred toward women has been happening from ages ago up until now, but in a different manifestation. For example, in the Arab during the revelation of the Quran, uh, the hatred toward women is manifested in the killing of women right away after their birth. So hmm. when women were born and then they buried right away, alive. Yeah. But the, the misogynistic attitude uh, today, like uh, they don't like women to be leader, they put negative stereotype of women, yeah. Uh, and feminists are being disliked by people who are patriarchal, has misogynistic mm -hmm. attitude. And I realized that in my campus. So... In my life careers, I feel like I'm not being regarded as human being, but only as a woman. The government has no other choice if they want to be engaged internationally. They need to adopt sustainable mm -hmm. development goals. And previously, it is millennial development goals. And one of the goals, like goals five of the sustainable development yep. is gender equality. Yep, yep. No other choice if that. you don't want to be part of the global world. Yeah, and every year, Indonesian delegates also come to the uh, Commission of the Status of Women. So there's, they have updated the issues there. So given these policies after the 1990s or these laws that were enacted, um, where does the general public of Indonesia fall? Do, are they aligned with more of a feminist activist role or are they still holding on to pre-1990 policies? We are Muslim feminists are still minority. Mm -hmm. Can be like five to ten percent with the majority have conservative thinking about the role of men and women, even though it is changing. So we need to work harder. And my job as a commissioner of the Komnas Perempuan uh, to educate people. I and other commissioners also being invited to campus, to the society, mm -hmm. to enlighten them and to do gender training. Yeah. And I also teach in my classes. I whatever I teach, I always insert feminist ideas in my uh, teaching. Sometimes I feel I always I was complaining about, oh, why should I teach English? I am a professor of uh, <laughs> but oh, we don't have any English teacher. Could you please uh, teach English? Okay, I, I teach English, but the reading materials is uh, my article. Right, there you go. <laughs> She's slipping in there still. Yes, so, That's uh, good. they read my article, translate my article, so they they should understand yeah. what is it what is it written in in what it is written in my article so any subject i'm be, uh, i'm uh, supposed to teach i always include gender perspectives yeah this has been a very fascinating conversation it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you um yeah i just like to thank you for your visit and i wish you the best in the rest of your visit in frigid Wisconsin. Thank you very much for hosting me in this event. It's a great honor for me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo.